Welcome to Christian Living Spotlight, an extension of Christian Living Magazine. We invite you to join us as we take a deeper look into the stories and ministries highlighted in Christian Living Magazine. Welcome to Christian Living Spotlight. I'm Sandy Jones, the host of the show and publisher of Christian Living Magazine, a 501c3 nonprofit ministry. This show has been made possible by a generous grant that we received so that we could come to you each week and take a deeper dive into the stories and ministries you'll find in the pages of Christian Living Magazine. We have a great show for you today. Joining me today is my friend Barry Surratt, who is the Director of Chaplain Training with the Idaho Chaplains Association and also the Idaho Chaplains Association Man's the Christian Living Magazine prayer line. And so that's that's where you find them in the pages of Christian Living Magazine is on page three. You'll see this little red box down at the bottom that says Need Prayer, and that's the Idaho Chaplains Association who has partnered with us in prayer. So, Barry, I'm so glad you could come today because this was kind of short notice, and you said, sure, I'll be there. What's it pay? <laughs> Let's be honest. No, it's like I did get, say that, didn't I? You, you get a coffee cup, buddy. <laughs> How you doing? I'm doing well. I'm glad to be here. That's that's good. So for complete transparency, Barry is not only my friend, but he's also my instructor. It's no surprise to many of our listeners that I became an ordained chaplain last year and have been working on my first level of certification. During this time, I've discovered that there's some misconceptions about chaplains and chaplaincy in general. So I've asked Barry if he would come and join me today and chat about that. So just kind of lay the groundwork here, Barry. Let's let's talk about your history because you have an extensive history in chaplaincy. So can you share that with us just a little bit? Well, I've got to say I never planned to be a chaplain. I moved to Boise in 2008. If you remember, the economy went off a cliff. Suddenly there were jobs and suddenly there were no jobs. Yeah. I have a degree in electronics. I have a background in education. I couldn't find a job. And uh, I said, God, why did you bring me to Boise and do not give me a job? And so on a Thursday, I saw an online ad for chaplain training at uh, St. Luke's Hospital. I replied. They called me Friday. I interviewed Monday, and I started in my chaplain training on Tuesday. Wow. I did not choose chaplaincy. It chose you. God sort of uh, shoved me in the door. And I've been doing it for the last 15 years, and it's a very fulfilling work that I do. And you have chaplained on many different levels. Healthcare, uh, I did that. I did hospice. I've done uh, ministry to veterans, community chaplaincy, workforce chaplaincy in the business place. So I've, I've done just about everything as well as training now. You know, that's one of the things sometimes when people find out I'm a chaplain, they, I get, you know, oh, you can marry people. <laughs> that, that's the number one or response. Or bury people. Or, or bury people. Actually, because I'm a woman, I don't get a lot of those questions, okay. which is fine, you know. But yeah, I technically I could. But what are some of the things that chaplains typically do? Well, chaplains' primary role is to provide spiritual care and support to people who are experiencing difficult times. Uh, the ICA motto is to be the face of Christ in the face of crisis. We never know when a crisis is going to hit. Yeah. But chaplains are there to provide emotional, spiritual support to people who are going through troubling times. And so needed. So needed, you know. You'd, and you're right. You just never know. We just watched a video in our, well, affiliated with our class on, the, on, on emotions. And it was a silent video, but it was talking about walking in other people's shoes. And there were captions over all these people, you know. There was a little girl going to say goodbye to her father. Mm -hmm. There was, you know, tumor was benign. Tumor was, and the next person on the escalator is tumor was malignant. And 
people, you don't ever plan a crisis. No. And, and oftentimes, the unchurched don't have a place to go. And that's where chaplains come in. Right. Chaplains are actually ministers, but different than a, a parish or a church. They're ministers ordained and endorsed, but they're serving mainly a secular community in different places like hospitals, things like that. But uh, the, the clientele is different, if you might say that. Yeah. So you have to have a different mindset in meeting people. You might meet somebody who uh, is angry at God. You might meet somebody who doesn't believe in God. Uh, you might meet somebody of a different faith. And that's one of the reasons you need to be somewhat familiar with all types of faith. Uh, not that you're going to convert them, but you're going to provide that support in a time of crisis. Absolutely. So that's part of the reason I became, I chose to become a chaplain like you. It, it was not a goal. It wasn't something I set out in life to do. But the magazine phone number is actually my cell phone number. Every call comes directly to me. And people who don't have a church, don't have a pastor to lean on in times of crisis, sometimes they don't even see that need prayer box at the bottom. They just call the magazine. The radio station, I'm, I'm friends with many of the people here at the radio station, and they also get some of those crisis calls. And after a couple of really serious crisis calls, I knew I needed training so that I could better serve the people who were coming to me in a time of crisis. And so people have said to me, oh, you're becoming a chaplain now. And I'm like, no, 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 I'm not looking for a new career. <laughs> I have a career. I am working to better serve the people that God brings across my path. Hmm. And so, yes, absolutely. I, I agree wholeheartedly with you in that in that setting. There's, there's a difference between, and we were talking about this before we started recording today, there's a difference between a military chaplain and their requirements in education and a basic chaplain and what the chaplains at Idaho Chaplains Association do. Let's kind of talk about that for just a minute. Well, so my chaplain training involves something called clinical pastoral education. And until uh, just a few years ago, you would actually have to leave uh, where you lived and moved to a training facility, a hospital, a university that provided this sort of training because not only did you get uh, the the theological and book training, you also did what they call clinical training. You were on the floors. You were learning by doing. That's the CPE model right. that you, you learn by doing these clinical hours. And you go back and you talk with your peers about how visits went. And so I finished four units at uh, at St. Luke's here in Boise, and uh, then went on to serve as a staff chaplain at Boise, then did hospice in the area, and then, like I said, ended up at the Idaho State Veterans Home in Boise until I retired in 2020. And so what chaplaincy does is to kind of prepare you to think, how am I going to meet somebody in crisis? And so it's not about, uh, as I said before, proselytizing, changing them. It's about providing that support when somebody is really in deep trouble. And so one of the things we do is we try to de develop chaplain skills for people. And that's one of the things we teach in our Idaho chaplain training class. Same thing they teach at CPE. The biggest thing, I think, is how to listen. Yeah. Most times people are not listening. 
We're too busy thinking how I'm going to tell you what you need to do to fix the situation instead of just listening. So that's what we call uh, the art of listening. I've been a chaplain 15 years. I still have to work at listening. It requires a lot of focus to not think about what I want to say back to you, but to really hear to understand what's really going on in your life. So at training, even though we do it at different levels, CPE is really the highest level. You can eventually become board certified, which I am. Or at Idaho Chaplains, we're providing training for community chaplains, still learning the same skills to be able to serve uh, people that are hurting. And you also teach CPE now. You, we were talking about that earlier, too, because that's kind of that's new. You said you started that in January. But let's talk about that, because that's really interesting. I love, through COVID, we've learned so much that we don't have to physically be in the same room with people. Right. And so let's talk about your CPE training that you're doing, that you're conducting right now. So in 2011, when I finished my last unit of CPE, I was working as a staff chaplain, and they were looking for new ideas. And back in the late 90s, at a Christian school in Missoula, Montana, I had been an internet principal. We had an internet school in 1996. Before it was school. <laughs> Before it was uh, the, the thing to do. And so in 2011, I wrote a proposal to the powers that be in CP training that we should do an online model. It wasn't the best for everybody, for people out in outlying areas. My personal conviction, Sandy, is that every pastor could benefit from a little bit of CPE, a little bit of chaplain training. It broadens your horizons, gives you a different perspective. And so my proposal that we do it online. Well, it only took 12 years. And and now in January of this year, I began my, uh, what's called the CPE educator certification, where I'm actually training students online. I have them across the country. We meet online. We do coaching online. They do assignments, which I review and grade. And it's been a wonderful experience in that way. So eventually I will be uh, uh, certified as an instructor and plan to still do the same thing, whether it's at ICA, which I call CPE Light. It's not like that's an easy course to do, right, Sandy? Nope, You're it's taking not. it. It's not an easy course to do. Pretty meaty. It's it's challenging, yes. Yep. And uh, so CPE is uh, is even more challenging at a higher level. The entry level is usually higher that you have to have uh, a higher degree and, and things like this. Uh, but the idea is still the same. Chaplaincy is mm-hmm. about helping people that are in crisis and developing the skills to be able to identify what people need in that moment. And, you know, really, truly, all Christians are called to serve in in some form of chaplaincy, whether they're trained or not. If somebody says, I need, you know, I I can't figure out how to work through this problem, you're really doing what a chaplain does. You're helping. You're helping counsel them through that. And so all we're doing is we just have a higher level of training. And that's where uh, oftentimes you do need chaplains to serve. In fact, one of the things ICA is just developing is a new program where we're going to go offer many seminars to churches to help their people care for their own. Yeah. And yeah. and that's, you know, that's, sometimes that's what we need. Sometimes it's easier to go to somebody we know. Sometimes it's easier to go to somebody we don't know. Right. <laughs> you right. know, um, depending on, on the crisis one, and the one issue. One of the things I wanted to say is a lot of times we think that we have to fix somebody's problem. We, we don't fix anybody. Nope. The only person we can fix is ourselves. And there's a great quote that I learned in uh, CP training. It's called, no fixing, no saving, no rescuing, no setting people straight. That's the tendency is with you come to me with a problem, I'm going to give you the three things you can do to fix it. Yeah. No. No. Nope. Because it's not true, first of all. Yep. But secondly, to be that support for somebody's heard and understood. Well, and sometimes we in, in – 
times of crisis or even in crisis in life. And there's a difference between an urgent crisis and somebody having an identity crisis or, or something is that one of, the, one of my favorite parts is listening without judgment. Doesn't mean we agree with whatever, but listening without judgment because people who are heard without judgment and condemnation in some cases are easier, it's easier for them to relax and find the solutions that they need for mm-hmm. themselves. Mm-hmm. And so they just are so afraid of that, the judgment and the condemnation or or what was it I, I put in my last paper, the pharisaical approach. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. there's, there's an old idiom, it's not a Bible, but it says, a man convinced against his will is of the same opinion skill, still. And if you try to convince somebody what to do, is a very different solution that if by talking, they come and they think, boy, I think this is what I need to do. And you affirm that in that way. The non-judgmental is a, is a huge part of that. And oftentimes, what are we so good at? You know, seeing the speck in somebody else's eye and not seeing the log in our own. Yep. So as chaplains, one of the things we do is we're very introspective, trying to be self-aware. How do I handle these issues? And if I can't resolve my own baggage to some degree, how can I help somebody else carry their baggage? Amen. That's been one of the biggest yeah. hills for me to, to climb is, you know, oh my gosh, I'm supposed to help people through some of these things. I, I don't deal with that very well myself. And so it has caused a lot of introspection inside mm-hmm. myself so that I can be healthy enough to help right. these other people. And our listeners are going, you're not healthy. I'm, I'm pretty healthy, folks, but we all have issues. We all have things. So- the Idaho Chaplains Association is not just training, though. You actually are an association of boots-on-the-ground chaplains. You offer things like work, workplace chaplaincy. We, we just had a couple of big crises this week here in our own community, and we don't really need to talk about those. But there, there's, there are a group of chaplains affiliated with the Idaho Chaplains Associations that could go into some of these businesses and help their right. employees work through these, or the law enforcement or first responders. To provide support, right. To provide support. And again, not fix, but to provide support. Mm-hmm. You do counseling. You do do weddings and funerals. But my, I think part of what's my favorite that's near and dear to my heart is, is the work with, that you do with the law enforcement and first responders, too. Mm-hmm. That is so vital. They see the worst of the worst, and they really need that support. So thank you for that. You had mentioned before about your own particular self-care. How do you deal with these things? And that's one of the things we know with veterans, we know with law enforcement, that they have a higher rate of suicide than other professions because they have to take all that in and then go home to their families and pretend everything's normal. So they need some way to be able to care for themselves, to be able to get these things out and and talk to somebody who can be trusted, who's not going to tell them how to fix it, but to just be able able to vent those things because, as you said, they see the worst of the worst. And our new community chaplain initiative is focused on trying to do that with first responders, fire police, even EMTs that see the worst of the worst of things, and they have to bring that home. Yeah. yeah. And, and and where do they go with it? You know, my right. I have a brother-in-law who, and rest his soul, is not no longer with us, but he was an Ada County Sheriff's officer. And it seemed like every time there was a horrific incident, it happened on his shift. And, oh, my goodness, he he just couldn't. And you watched him become more and more and more withdrawn, not with my sister, but in life in general. 
because he'd seen so much bad. And there, you know, behind that shield, behind that uniform, our law enforcement and first responders, they're human beings. Mm-hmm. And they were not wired to take in so much violence and crud. Right. And so they really need that. And, the and, if, you're, and if you're listening, folks, yeah. and you're in one of those positions, and either your department does not have a chaff, chat, uh, staff chaplain, or if you just want to reach out, please feel free to reach out to the Idaho Chaplains Association. They'll hook you up with a chaplain that can yeah. help that can help hear you out. Yeah. Don't stuff it. Yeah. That's usually the 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 mode of coping. Don't stuff it. Uh, for me personally, I saw very, very many horrible things when I worked in the hospital. I was very naive when I started chaplaincy. Yeah. I didn't realize all the pain and suffering and the death that went on there. And I had to find a way for myself that I care for myself. Everybody's different. Everybody's unique. And that's part of what we explore with people is what can you do to help relieve and cope with the things that you, you have to deal with in your job? Yeah. Now, finding a way to, for self-care. So that's very, very important. And, and you've really emphasized that. So I want to talk just a little bit. We have, we have about five minutes or so left. And I want to talk a little bit about there is... There is a shortage of chaplains in our community, not just here, but really, truly everywhere. There's a shortage. There's a shortage of pastors. There's, you know, I heard a study yesterday in one particular movement. There are 500 churches without a pastor sitting in them right now in that one movement. And so, you know, there's a shortage of this. So ICA is doing something about that. Idaho Chaplains Association is doing something about that. You have actually started the Idaho Chaplains Association School, which mm-hmm. is where I become ordained. Or So if you're familiar with pastoral licensing and ordination, churches license a pastor and then ordain them. Chaplaincy is a little bit different in that you achieve a certain level of education and you're ordained, and then you work on certifications, not necessarily licensing. And so... Let's talk about that just a little bit. For anybody who's maybe contemplating, they're feeling a call, but not really a call into traditional ministry. And so let's talk about what does that look like? What do you go through at Idaho Chaplains Association? The good thing about chaplaincy is there are multifaceted entry levels, okay? I happen to have a master's degree and a board certification. That's a high level. There's also, but what I do for Idaho chaplains is to try to make it available for anyone. And the most important thing I think is this. Do you feel God's calling on your heart to minister to other people? Do you want to do that? Do you see somebody hurting and you think, oh, somebody needs to go help them? That's where it starts. And then what we do at Idaho Chaplains Association is we partner with a nationally certified organization called Christian Chaplains and Coaching to provide ordination and endorsement and they're at certified at the highest levels for federal prisons, VA facilities. And what they're, they do is they vet any chaplain candidates, and then they have a code of ethics and code of conduct that you adhere to. And then you participate after you're ordained and endorsed in ongoing educational opportunities. So it's a, it's sort of a lifetime of learning in that way. Yeah, it's, it's not a once and done. Exactly. They're, they're, it's like so many other fields. There is a continuing education requirement. It's, right. it's I can't go get this this ordination and just be done. It's continuing right. ed. So, so yeah. at the Idaho Chaplains Association, our community chaplain program is set up so that you can start at any time. Here's a plug. If you wanted to start chaplain training, you can start the first of any month. 
to, to be able to do this. And it's, it's self-paced, but we have uh, the second Saturday of every month, our chaplain meet together, both now alumni and current students. And we talk about uh, issues in chaplaincy, have some lectures, uh, things like that. We have some role play. Oh, I so hate that. To, I know, <laughs> but it's so good, isn't it? Yeah. It works. I'm doomed. We have class this Saturday. That's I'm right. going to be doomed. And we are doing some more role play. <laughs> so be prepared. So what we try to do is to provide that for people that are just entering. You don't have to have a – all you have to be is a high school graduate to do that. Or if you have a GED, you can uh, work through the uh, Idaho Chaplain Association to get what we uh, give is a one-year community chaplaincy certificate. Yeah. And that, along with the national ordination and endorsement by Christian Chaplains and Coaching, will open doors to other ministries in that way. And one of the things we look at doing is once our graduates are done with the program is finding internships and places for them to serve in the Treasure Valley. We're, we're committed to being in this area. And so uh, if you're interested at all, look us up. One of the things that I, I really has amazed me. So I'm in I'm in the first cohort. You call you call each class a, a cohort. So I'm in cohort one. But one of the things that I have found really really interesting talking about all different walks. So in in cohort one and in cohort two, there there are some people who are already working as chaplains in the prisons or in mm-hmm. different facilities that are coming for further education, more formal training. We, we have, there's some pastors in this group because pastoral training is different than the chaplaincy training. Exactly. And so it's it's not necessary, sem, it's, it's not seminary training. It's not Bible knowledge, although we do lean heavily on the Bible. It's crisis training. It's, mm-hmm. I, I love the phrase, and because I'm such a jabberbox, it's something, it's a mantra that really plays in my head. Listen, 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 listen. No. You know, listen, listen, love, love is really what it says. And that is to listen and then love on these people. And again, probably because I'm such a jabberbox, that really has impacted me. And I hear that when I'm when I'm in that position, it's like, okay, Sandy, you just have to shut up right now and listen. And so, but it's this is not, it's it's not it's people of all walks. I love that we had one one fellow who had not had his GED, and you partnered with him and you walked that mile with him mm-hmm. and helped him achieve his his GED, so that he could be fully ordained oh. and certified. And, and, you're and right. I love that. It's it's a partnership. Yeah. No lone rangers. I love mm-hmm. that. We do run the whole gamut. If you look at our student population, uh, from people that are currently involved in some first responder activities, ones that are working in hospitals, one that are working in correctionals. And we have uh, one uh, student who uh, drills wells. Yeah. Uh, and But he has a heart for serving people. He actually I think sponsors a, a show on this radio station. He, okay. Hey, Jim. <laughs> hey, so we're coming down to the to the wire here. Um, and I hate to cut you off because we could talk all day. Barry, you we and could. I, we really truly we are friend and we could talk all day. Um, but how do people get more information about Idaho Chaplains Association, whether they want your services or whether they're interested in becoming a student? Well, the easiest thing would go to idahoca.org. That's our website, explains what we do, has our training on there, has a contact number that you could call uh, or an email to get further information. That would be the quickest thing, and we're pretty good about getting back to people. If you're interested, what I always do is invite people to come to a Saturday chaplain training. And we've got a couple of visitors are coming this weekend to, to check us out because they're looking at chaplaincy. And so we're looking for those partnerships. Who can we 
Who can we help? And for me personally, it's about giving back to the community. I had so many chaplains at St. Luke's and other places that mentored me and encouraged me. That's what I'm spending my time doing now. I love it. And and I'm proof in the pudding that it works. So thank you so much. It happens every week. We've run out of time. Barry, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me. We are out of time, folks. You can pick up your own copy of Christian Living Magazine at over 600 locations throughout Southern Idaho, or if you're out of the area, you can read us online at christianlivingmag.com. I hope you'll join us again next week when we have another inspiring guest who will encourage you with hope and inspiration. Until next time, God bless. This has been Christian Living Spotlight, an extension of Christian Living Magazine, where it's our desire to deliver faith, hope, encouragement, and perhaps a new perspective about God's love to our listeners and readers as we showcase the hands and feet of Christ at work in our community and beyond. For more information on today's program, the magazine itself, or to subscribe, go to www.christianlivingmag.com or search Christian Living Magazine on Facebook for an uplifting start to each day. Christian Living Magazine is free to pick up in over 600 locations throughout Central and all of Southern Idaho. Our mailing address is Christian Living Magazine, P.O. Box 867, Meridian, Idaho, 83680. Or you can email us at christianlivingmag at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and we invite you to join us again next week.